Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. A sower went out to sow his seed. That's our parable this morning, and this is one of those instances where we have the benefit of Jesus interpreting the parable. The seed, he tells us, is the word of God. And he gives us four different groups of people receiving the seed, the word of God. The first group he describes as the seed being trampled on the path, and then the thieving birds um, come and steal the word from the hearts. These are the demons coming and stealing the word out of the hearts. And he says, as a result, these people are unable to believe and therefore cannot be saved. The second group are those where the seeds are sown on the rocks. These are people who receive the word with, you know, immediate joy, but they have no root. And a time of testing comes and they fall away. These are those that have no no grit, no endurance, no stability. No, they're... Happy quickly and sad quickly. The third group are those where the seed, he said, is sown among the thorns. These are those that have the word of God choked to death. He says, by worries, riches, and pleasures. (laughs) Worries, riches, and pleasures. He says, the fruit never comes to maturity. It dies. Then we have the fourth group of people. These are those who hear the word, and he says they cling to it. They cling to it. That's important. They cling to the word. These folks, we have the image of people who are stable, disciplined, patient, steadfast, enduring. He also says they have a good and noble heart. So they're clinging to the word. They're enduring and steadfast, patient. Apparently, it's only with these kinds of qualities that the seed can actually take root and grow and produce a great abundance of fruit. Four conditions. Four conditions. The odds are three to one against the seed bearing any fruit. It's a little depressing right off the bat there, but first we have the demons. The demons. Talked about this last year. I'm not going to go into this this year. How the demons can have access to the word in our heart. But they do according to Christ. Then we have frivolous, silly people who lack seriousness. (laughs) Happy and sad, all within about five minutes. Then thirdly, we have those who are enslaved to appetites, the worldly ones, essentially, those who are worldly. And then the only condition that bears fruit is the one who clings to the word with steadfastness, with sincerity and endurance. Now, It would be profitable for us to examine all of these conditions, especially these three threats, in detail. But this morning, I've decided to actually spend my short time on another observation. We've talked about those things in the past. We'll talk about them again in the future. Today, I want to talk about something else. 
I think Jesus had another passage of Scripture in mind when he told this parable. And reading on this particular passage I have in mind, alongside with the parable, I think will help it really sink in for us. We all know that Jesus' prayer book from the time he was a young lad, and like all good Jews, was the Psalter. That was his prayer book. He prayed the Psalms. He knew it by heart. I mean, how many times did he pray those psalms? Countless. Well, because we wouldn't know. (laughs) They're countless. But they are countless. He prayed them again and again and again. Every day he prayed the psalms, which he knew by heart. I think as I read this parable, I think that Jesus had Psalm 119 in mind as he told this parable. Now, he knew this psalm. He knew Psalm 119 by heart. And he must have prayed it hundreds and hundreds of times in his lifetime. This psalm essentially conveys the exact same message as the parable he tells. It just does it in prayer form. Psalm 119, by the way, it's the longest psalm in the Psalter. It's, in fact, the longest chapter in the entire Hebrew Scripture. There's 176 verses. And if you know anything about it, it's comprised of uh, 22 stanzas. Each has eight lines, eight strophes, and each one of those begins with in order, the letter of the uh, Hebrew alphabet. The, the structure of the whole psalm uh, in, makes the poetry a little strained, quite frankly, because they had to fit. There's, there's no actual, one of the Hebrew um, letters, there's no word for it, except for they can make it mean and. So every beginning line begins with and. And you won't see this in the English very much, but it's there in the Hebrew. So the poetry is a little bit strained, Um, and there's a lot of repetition, a lot of repetition, a lot of repetition. It repeats a lot. As I was thinking uh, last night about the parable of the sower, verse 11 of Psalm 119 came to my mind. I don't know if it came to anybody else's mind in this parable. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy word have I hid in my... That's what this parable is all about, really. Thy word have I hid in my heart. That is the message of the parable. Only those who hide the word in their heart will keep it and bear fruit. So I thought, well, I'm going to go read Psalm 119. This is a little sort of meditation as I prepare for tomorrow's sermon. So I read through it three or four times last night in different translations, just to get the feel of the psalm as a whole. And that's when I came to believe, sincerely believe that, in fact, I cannot not believe that Jesus had this psalm in mind when he told this parable. It's also when I decided that this morning we should give our attention to the fourth condition and not the other three. That we should give our attention to what we should be doing to be that man of a good heart. Now, we don't have time this morning to read through Psalm 119 three or four times. Just once. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to read through it once. Almost. (laughs) But I want to give you a little bit of the experience, as best I can, that I had last night. So what I've done is I've pulled out some phrases and strung them together. Um, Now just relax, because it's going to take, it's not going to take 20 minutes, but it is going to take three or four minutes, okay? So just relax and listen. But I'm going to read these phrases to you. And keep in mind that everything I'm reading to you is repeated 
many more times than what I'm reading. Again and again and again. And listen carefully. And keep the parable in mind also as you listen. And think to yourself, especially what Jesus says about that fourth person. What does it mean for us to love and cling to the word sown in our hearts with steadfast endurance? That's what the parable is about. That's what the parable is about. Now, very quickly before I read these these, uh, little past lines, Psalm 119 has been called a hymn of the law of God. It's a hymn to the law of God, praising the law of God. And the psalmist uses numerous synonyms for the law, just to mix it up a bit. These are not referring to different things. They're all referring to the same thing. He just didn't want to keep using the same word so many times. So for the law or the Torah, he, he also uses uh, statutes, commands, ordinances, decrees, precepts, words, and promises. He uses all these as synonyms for Torah, for the law. And I would suggest that all of this, the Torah and all these other synonyms for Torah in Psalm 19, are precisely the same thing that Jesus means when he speaks of the word of God being the seed. It's the same. The psalmist, when he speaks of the Torah, as Jews, they were not talking about rules and codes and prohibitions. That is not what they were speaking of. Okay? They were speaking, you know, it's not regulations that inflame the psalmist's heart with this desire for God and a great passion. That's not what he's sort of yearning for. More prohibitions, Lord. More rules and codes of conduct. That's what I yearn for. That's not what he's talking about. The law for the psalmist and for Jews, and this is well known, it is the word, the command is the word of God. The word of God. It is the same as what Jesus is speaking about in the parable. God's self-revelation of himself to his people. That's what the Torah stands for. And it is manifest in the scriptures, in script, but it is most perfectly, ultimately manifest in Christ himself. So when we read Psalm 119, when we pray Psalm 119, we can, we can approach it in two different ways. We can pray it as if we're praying with Christ, the very words that Christ prayed as Son of Man. But we can also pray it as He is the Torah. Christ is the Word of God that we yearn for and cling to and love. Okay, so we begin. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and seek him with their whole heart. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I will meditate in thy precepts. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thy testimonies are also my delight and my counselors. Make me to understand the ways of thy precepts. I will run in the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments for therein do I delight. Inclined my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. 
so shall I keep thy law continually, forever and ever, and I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes, for thy law is my delight. Let my heart sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed, but I hope in thy word. For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet I do not forget thy statutes. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me, for I have sought thy precepts. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield, I hope, and thy word. Depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to thy word, that I may live. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant, and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of water run down my eyes, because they do not keep thy law. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. I am small and despised, yet do I not forget thy precepts. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delights. I cried with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Plead my cause and deliver me, quicken me according to thy word. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. But my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteous. Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. 
And then the last verse, 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. <laughs> so, what are we left with after hearing a few of the verses of Psalm 119? And we could have doubled, tripled up all of those verses. And when we hear Christ speak of the one with the noble good heart, and how does he describe this person? He says, the one who clings to the word. The one who clings to the word. There's a seriousness about it. The word of God in Christ, well, it's not for silly, lazy people. Uh, that just, the demons are going to steal it or, you know, it's not going to last. It's not going to take root. If we're going to keep the word in our heart and bear fruit and be saved, we have to bury it deep. We've got to really bury it deep so the demons can't get at it. So the love of the world won't choke it out. And burying the word deep in our heart, as we have just heard from the psalmist, requires something of us. <laughs> It requires some work, some effort. It doesn't just come by accident, by osmosis, by itself. There's a process involved. We have to make choices, and we have to, you know, put our hand to the plow. We have to take the time to commit it to memory, to read it, to meditate on it, to devour it, to love it, to foster a love for the Word of God, to realize that it is a, a joyful thing to be serious about God. To take this Christian life seriously. And as we enter into Lent, may it be a holy Lent. A holy Lent. In which we take this time seriously as we prepare for the Easter, the Paschal Vigil, and the great feast of the resurrection. My prayer is that we can assimilate the word of God, that seed Assimilate it deep within our hearts during this Lenten season with faithfulness and discipline and courage and patience. In the words of Christ, may we cling to the word. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.